This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels, where the Clippers continue to have more wins than the Lakers. LeBron James and the Lakers fight off a six-point deficit in the waning seconds of regulation to force overtime and then (coughs) choke away a win in the extra session 
and the Spurs come away with the win. I got my recap of it. You can see some of the video I put out on Twitter last night. At Gottlieb Show is the Twitter handle. Um, I also think there's the officiating, just like the NFL, the officiating is changing in the NBA, and it could bring back what used to be the most important position in the NBA if the officiating sustains itself. we got to get to that. Oh, we have World Series baseball getting underway tonight. God, I love the World Series. I love the World Series. Now, I, I can't sit here and chapter and verse on a bunch of different World Series, but when they're good teams, big-name teams, and interesting, like, I'm in. And I love the juxtaposition of first two are in Boston where you got all those mass holes screaming and yelling and drinking and talking about Smitty and have it yad and pack the cat and whatever. Um, they, they went from a fan base that people felt sorry for to one to which people are annoyed by how much fandom there is. I love the fact that you, you can go to the mouth now on the mound because it's cold. <laughs> you can blow your hands and maybe throw a little Vaseline on the baseball, whatever. And then, of course, three... Three and four, three, four, and five. Three and four, and then six, right? Is in Dodger Stadium, or is it three, four, five? Uh, three, four, five. Three, four, five, or Dodger Stadium. Chavez Ravine is, I mean, it's perfect. Right? Like on on the on the sixth day, really, what he did was he, he created Dodger Stadium, so on the seventh day, he could watch baseball. It is perfection. There's nothing wrong at all with Dodger Stadium. It's not surrounded by anything other than the city of angels, which it kind of hovers above and ravine kind of a plateau. It's amazing, but it'll be warm. It'll be sunny and a completely different style of fan base. It's going to be awesome. And then we have the NFL and a weird story out of Denver where apparently Chad Kelly known by those of us who followed him in college or even during his junior college year as swag Kelly Swag Kelly apparently got drunker than Cooter Brown and ended up on some random lady's couch, mumbling and stuttering all over himself. If you don't know who Cooter Brown is, real quick before I get to the NFL story of the day, Cooter Brown apparently lived on the border of a slave state and a free state during the time of the Civil War. Instead of making a decision on which side to fight for, he just got drunk the entire. Therein lies the reference, drunker than Cooter Brown. See? You learned something today from your old boy Gottlieb. So Swag Kelly, junker than Cooter Brown. What's that mean from a guy who was on a path to potentially playing this year for the Denver Broncos? More on LeBron as well to come. So the uh, New York Giants lose, but win for me and Bayer. That's because me and Bayer both said they would cover. And we can get to the dysfunction within the Giants. The fact that these are, when I watch the NFL, it's a lot like watching NBA officiating. You know what they say about NBA officials come to playoffs, right? These are the best officials in the world. And sadly, they actually are. We watch the NFL and we're told these are the best coaches in the world. And yet they can't seem to manage a clock to save their life. But to me, the story of the day is the use of analytics. And how guys are like, look, the analytics told us. And the analytics said, and it relates to baseball. In many ways, it relates to the NFL with some of these trades. Last night, the New York Giants were down 14 points. They score a touchdown, they go for two. And analytics guys are like high-fiving 
because Pat Shermer, who's dumb enough to not understand clock management, is smart enough to know to go for two when you're down 14 because the analytics tell you it's actually a better than 50-50 shot. You get it. And if you don't get it the first time, you go for two the second time. Here's Pat Shermer after the game. You increase your chances by 50% if you go for it and make it there. That's what you do. Because then if we score a touchdown, we just kick the extra point and win. And I felt good about the two-point play. I think we got the ball in there, right? And we just didn't connect on it. Yeah, listen, we just didn't connect. You increase your chances. Uh, Or you put a ridiculous amount of pressure on your team to convert a two-point play if, in fact, you don't get it. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you don't have a good red zone team because you have a one-dimensional quarterback. You're still playing 10 on 11 as opposed to other teams that have more mobile quarterbacks can play 11 on 11. And while he's technically right, he does, in fact, have the numbers right, numbers don't tell you context. They just don't. It, it, it's, it's just like we saw with Tennessee early Saturday morning. If you're West Coast listening to the show, you might, excuse me, Sunday morning. If you're West Coast, you might not have been up in time. You might have had a long bender on Saturday night. But I'll give you the, I'll give you the short rundown. The Titans were actually the better team. The Titans drove down late, scored a touchdown, and instead of kicking the extra point and playing for overtime, they went for two. And and analytics guys and machismo football guys are like, that's it, end it, go for two up top. But again, the context matters. It's not just a play call. The Chargers were on the field for 36 minutes. Okay, remember, the Chargers left on Thursday. They have to fly the furthest distance in the NFL to get to London. They land in London. They play a game, which is, by their body clock, 6.30 in the morning. They're completely gassed. They're without Melvin Gordon. They're without Joey Bosa. They're without, they're without two or three other starters as well. And the Titans had them on the ropes. And instead, you go for two when you're in the inferior team and your team is gassed. They did the opposite. But that's because the, the, the analytics and the news of numbers lacks context. It's just like I, I heard, I was listening to Cowherd coming in. And Colin's a dear friend of mine. He's like, look, Cowboys could have drafted a first rounder in the draft, but instead they trade for Amari Cooper, who's better than any first round pick. And you know what? He's right. But the context matters. All right, the context of it is Amari Cooper is going to make $14 million next year. Guaranteed. That thing is already extended, already signed. So the Cowboys are either have to pay him that money and have a substantial cap hit, which limits their flexibility in the offseason, and they already have cap issues, or they're going to have to rework his deal after only seeing him for eight games. Like... Context, so I'm not telling you that numbers, this is this is just like in the NBA with the Houston Rockets. When you sit there and go like, hey man, they should keep shooting those threes because the numbers tell you that corner threes, uh, it's effective, uh, the effective field goal percentage is higher than any sort of two. Oops, 28 in a row. What they, what they don't tell you is when you're playing in a game, when you're playing in game seven, and you're totally gassed, as well as guarding some of the best best players in the world. Remember, when you, when you play Golden State, you don't just have to play defense for 24 seconds. Oftentimes, they shoot the basketball, and you get, they get an offensive rebound, and now you got to run out to the shooters because they like to get it and kick out for a three. The level of attention to detail on defense takes away from your offense. 
the seven-game series takes away from your legs. And when you start missing five in a row, 10 in a row, 12 in a row, 15 in a row, it's like a, it's like a cold. It starts spreading through the team. And every time the ball goes up, there's a gasp because it's almost like you know you're not going to make the next one. But analytics don't tell you that. Analytics tell you you're, you're just as likely to make the last shot as you are the next shot. But that's not the way it works in real life. Check out these stats from Eli Manning. I I want you, before you hear them, I want you to ask yourself if Eli Manning is having a good season. He's having a very good, a great season, a very good season, a good season, a below average season, or a terrible season. Think about that in your mind. Now think about this. He's sixth in passing yards. He's tied for eighth in completion percentage. He's 13th in yards per attempt, 7.69. His four interceptions this season is fewer than Jared Goff, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. By those stats, if you cherry pick the stats you like, you're like, dude, good year. Still got it. His QBR is 45.3. 25th in passing TDs with only seven. That's context. He's a one-dimensional quarterback. You're in the, in the red zone. They're, they're ineffective. And so while you can, Pat Shermer can sit there and try and outsmart the room going, hey, man, they go for two, you increase your chance about 50%, you kick the field goal, and then you're done, you're good. Sound like putty. Guys, poor team. Guys, poor team. But the fact is that context matters. When you're down 14, kick the extra point. You're down seven, then maybe you go for two if you want to win the game. Don't try and sometimes you try and outsmart the room and you outsmart yourself. Because in addition to the fact you may increase your percentages of winning if you go for two down 14. He's statistically right. With with the emotion that you lose, the momentum that you lose when you go for two and don't get it is substantial and maybe it's not measurable. But if you didn't feel it watching, I sure as hell did. Take a listen to Jason Garrett earlier today. You know, oftentimes, you know, the production of the receiver has a lot to do with a lot of things that are around him. You know, your, your numbers can be a function of what the environment is and how the team's playing in general. You know, uh, he's not a perfect player. Nobody is. There are certainly areas where he can improve, uh, but there are so many positives about him. Yeah, so, look, you're sitting there saying, look, we like Amari Cooper, and you can look at the numbers and how they've gone down the last year and a half, but context does matter, which is really all we're saying about analytics and saying about Pat Shermer. Is whilst if you live and die by analytics, you tend to be dying by analytics. Just like the same criticism goes for, goes for, hey, I don't need analytics, should go for the, hey, it's about analytics. There's a balance between the two. And you got to have feel. You got to have understanding. If you simply go by the book, the book lacks, the book lacks that tangible something like what the French call a certain, I don't know what, je ne sais quoi. Anyway, the numbers do in fact lie at times on Eli Manning. They will lie in fact when you should go for two. And if you didn't feel like the air was out of the balloon when they were down fourteen and went for two, you might not have been watching the same game I was watching. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Let me read you this story from Marcus Thompson. Marcus Thompson, just so you're aware, he works for The Athletic, but he also used to write for the Bay Area News Group. So it's not like this is his first time covering sports in Northern California. He wrote that Derek Carr has a fractured relationship with teammates, reportedly fractured relationship between Carr and his teammates rooted in the loss of confidence in the quarterback as exasperated by game film from the London contest against the Seahawks that showed what looked like him crying after being sacked and he injured his arm. They saw his face. They heard him whimper. They witnessed him explain on the sidelines. They assuredly watched it again, the film, film session. It's hard to see how Carr can lead this team again. It was indeed curious, Marcus writes, to say the least, to see video of what appeared to be Carr crying in a melting face the way a kid would cry after falling off his bike. If Thompson's report is accurate, Carr's teammates regarded as something worse uh, than curious. Remember, uh, his contract pays out an average of $19.6 million over the next four years which could make him tradable. If not, the, the Raiders have to decide by the third day of 2019 waiver period to keep Carr and pay him the guaranteed $19.9 million. They're not paying him. They're not paying him. Like I like Derek Carr, but I think what he's suffering is the same, uh, the same thing in a different fashion as Jay Cutler. When Jay Cutler was with the Chicago Bears, everything you thought was in fact true. They had to have him dress in a different area instead of the locker room because he lost the locker room. Guys didn't like him, didn't respect him. There's a bunch of different things that you that we as civilians don't even know about playing quarterback in the NFL. And if you ask them, they're like, look, you have to be accurate. If you're inaccurate, Brady Quinn, for example. Brady Quinn is super, super smart. Brady Quinn is a freak athlete. He's built like a great God. But he was, he was just inaccurate with the, with the Browns. Just inaccurate. And so, beca- and so because of it, you know, because of it, he couldn't sustain himself in the league. You got to be accurate. You also have to have arm strength, right? Josh Heupel, remember, won a national championship and had an arm injury at Oklahoma, but he had no arm strength. Now, that actually might be the least important, but if you can't make throws outside the numbers, and especially if you play uh, in the winter when you're playing outdoors, arm strength can complete can undercut your career. You have to have intelligence. And, and not just intelligence, but you have to have verbal intelligence as well. Lamar Jackson... He's like a nonverbal guy. He just, he doesn't, he's, he's, it's like he doesn't speak. He's not dumb. He's just not a verbal guy. And in the NFL, quarterbacks have to go through just the idea of calling a play, of getting fluent in the language of calling a true offensive play and changing on the fly. And that's not the strength of Lamar Jackson. But the last and sometimes most important thing is those guys have to be, have to believe in you. They just have to believe in you. And if I was around the Chicago bears two weeks ago and they were like, look, and honestly, the dolphins were the same way. 
Dolphins thing with Tannehill is like, look, Tannehill, when he throws the ball deep down the field, it's just like when he's in college. Remember, he was a tight end that became a quarterback after a couple years in college. But if you watch him in college, the same as a pro, when he starts pushing the ball down the field, he gets inaccurate and he gets picked off. That's what happens. But the guys like him and he's tough and they believe that he'll play through pain. And Mitch Trubisky, in comparison to Jay Cutler, they like him. So even though he's inaccurate and he hasn't played a ton of football and he will make some overthrows and some bad decisions, they can live with it because they like him and they have confidence in him. I'm not sure whether it's Derek Carr being seen as too nice. Derek Carr being a guy who may have whimpered. And like, look, if you if you think you dislocate your elbow or your shoulder, I mean, there's a severe amount of pain that may bring any man to tears. But the tears aren't really the issue. The whimpering isn't really the issue. The fact is that you go back, this is an issue that goes back to last year. If guys don't like you, believe in you, want to kill for you, think you're tough, it becomes confirmation bias. Yeah, I thought he was soft. Guys love Deshaun Watson. Like Deshaun Watson, not a great quarterback. Right? Bill O'Brien didn't really want to draft him. He wants a true drop back pass. This is not a is not a style quarterback that he really, really likes. But he's tough as hell. Like, here's how tough Deshaun Watson is. They were so concerned about his lung that he took, they they drove him on a bus to the game, like a, a couple thousand miles. You guys know that story? That's what wins you in the locker room. Is that Deshaun Watson can lead. They believe in him. And there is nothing wrong with Derek Carr being a good dad and being a religious guy, but he has a reputation as being soft, getting rid of the ball early, not being great at playing hurt. When they see you crying on TV after hurting your elbow, it becomes confirmation bias and you lose the locker room. People act like, like Gruden's the bad guy. Gruden has recognized the problem. They're going through chapter 11. He's getting rid of all these parts. And he would trade Derek Carr tomorrow if he could. No one wants to absorb that last year of the contract. they got to fit it into, into their salary cap. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So what's the process? Trust, trust, I'm, I'm trusting the process. Every process is different. I don't believe that he walked in thinking he'd have a championship team. And he has kind of struggled out of the gate if you go back to when he was in Cleveland and when he was in Miami even. But here's where it's different. Did they struggle out of the gate in Miami and he struggled to relate to Eric Spolstra? Yes. But you know what he had? He had Dwayne Wade and he had Chris Bosh. And as much as it was hard, Dwayne Wade won the ball, he won the ball, Chris Bosh won the ball. You're all used to being the star and the guy and who gets the ball. That's hard to kind of figure out. But you, at some point, you got better players, you win games. He doesn't have a Chris Bosh. He doesn't have a Dwayne Wade on this team. And when he went to the Miami Heat, his first year, he's 26 years old. So LeBron James would say, the hell with it. I'm just going to win this game. And that's how they kept their heads above water when they were struggling to kind of figure it out. 
When he went to Cleveland, were they a dysfunctional mess before he got there? Yes, they were tanking before he got there. That's why they're so bad record-wise. But he had Kevin Love, and he had Kyrie Irving. And he was only 30 years old. Now he's 34 years old. He's playing a different style. They're playing faster than he's ever played. He's playing without the basketball most of the game, more so than he's ever played. And they don't have anybody else on the team that can go like, LeBron, you rest, I'll win this. Or you rest, and I'll carry it. They don't have that. Kuzma scores a lot of points, but it's not like you're going to throw the ball to Kyle Kuzma and hey, go win us a game, big boy. It's not like you to throw the ball to Josh Hart and go win us a big game, big boy. They have zero low post scoring. None. And you can sit here and go, well, analytics tell us the only low post scorer they have is LeBron James, and that has always been the weakest part of his game. And then the idea of playing fast is brilliant because it's a team that has really good depth, right? Like, I don't think Lance Stevenson is great as a starter, but if he's your ninth best guy, pretty good team. Pretty good team. But when you play fast and then at the end of the game, you slow down to get LeBron the basketball, he's a little bit tired, he's a little bit older, and he's out of rhythm because he hasn't played. For, this is not how he plays. What's the oldest cliche you can think of in terms of having an animal? Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Right? That's a cliche. But you know what? You can't really teach an old dog new tricks. You get a puppy, you know, you can teach it anything you want. Anything you want. But you adopt a dog at like 12 years old or 13 years old. It's not like you're like, you know what? Now I'm going to teach the dog to roll over. Now I'm going to teach the dog to properly behave on a leash. Like Those habits are just ingrained. And when you've played incredible basketball for 15 years in the NBA, and now you're going to go, hey, you know the way you've played? Let's play a tinge faster on every possession. Let's play without the basketball. And until last night, he didn't play a lot of point guard. Last night he did. So I, I do think there's a process that they eventually will get another star player or two. The only explanation for signing KCP to a one-year deal is somebody's going to want to trade for that expiring deal here before the trade deadline. And I know he's a Rich Paul client, and maybe it makes them happy to make the LeBron James, but he doesn't fit there. But he doesn't have anybody else to help carry the load. There is no low post scoring. Zero. Which... Again, the analytics will tell you, like, don't throw in the low post. If you watched the game last night, LaMarcus Aldridge, they, they, they fed him till he burped. Fed him till he burped. And what's it, what allows you to do? Well, you play from the post, and you can, you can score in there. One, you can get foul trouble on the other team's big guy, their team's best big guys. Two, it allows everybody else to kind of catch their breath. You get to the foul line, allows you to catch your breath. Whereas if you're just running up and down, shooting threes and trying to play transition, that's a hard way to live. There is a reason that no one's played that way successfully in the NBA over the last 25 years. So he may believe and be trusting in the process and he may not be freaking out. But if you really have balance and look at it, I think LeBron James is out of rhythm because he's not used to playing at this tempo. I, I don't think he has nearly the talent around him 
in terms of one or two guys that can carry the load offensively if he's not hitting his shots. And LeBron James is 34. He's not the same as he was at 30 or at 26. And so, and oh, and I forgot to mention the other part. The Western Conference is way diff- more difficult. Like, you can tell me all you want about, man, it was awesome that all the eight straight NBA finals in the Eastern Conference. But was it? Was it? He had three of the best players in a conference that didn't have any sort of other collection of talent to compete with him. Portland, Portland, you know, Portland is a playoff team. The Spurs are a low level, low end playoff team. The Rockets are a high end playoff team. And they're 0 3. Three legitimate teams come in and beat you twice in your own building. And I'm not saying they're not competitive and they didn't play hard and they're not better than they were last year. But this process is different than it was in Miami, than it was in Cleveland. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He just got off a jet plane from London where I thought the Tennessee Titans made a ridiculously dumb decision to go for two to try and win the game. Um, I, I uh, Daniel Jeremiah joins us from the NFL Network. He also is the analyst in the Chargers Broadcast Network. DJ, you were there. You know how exhausting that trip is. In addition to the actual game in which the Chargers defense was on the field for 36 minutes, if you're Mike Brabel, don't you kick the extra point and play for overtime knowing the other team is dead on their feet? Well, I think you look at a couple different things. First of all, me and Matt, uh, you know, we're calling the game, and we had heard, we knew that if we did not get the airplane out uh, by a certain time, we would not be able to get into LAX, and we were going to be stuck. If the game went to overtime, I know the Chargers were going to be stuck uh, in London for another day. Um, so I'm sitting there going, like, maybe Vrabel has the same setup. And he's like, you know what, we're winning this thing. We're not, not spending another night here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and try and win this thing and get out of here. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think they thought they had the Chargers defense so on their heels and so tired that he thought they could squeeze out, uh, you know, one play for a couple yards. And, and I don't think he wanted to kick off and, and put the ball in Phillips' hands with a chance for him to go down there and end it. So I think that he thought that was his best chance to win the football game. I didn't, I, I didn't hate the decision. I just didn't love really the play call that they went with. All right. What, what about the Chargers? They, they didn't have Melvin Gordon. They didn't have, they were out without a couple of starters and they're going to get Joey Bosa back. I know their record is five yeah. and two, but, um, you know, they, they've let San Francisco hang around with a backup quarterback. They let the Titans hang around. How good are the Chargers, uh, as, as they sit there at five and two and still most of America doesn't believe in them? Well, look, defensively, you're holding teams down the last couple of weeks. They've kept the score down. They've played good team defense. They've gotten better. Uh, even though they gave up a bunch of yardage, they've done a nice job when they've got down in the red zone, obviously culminating with that a two-point stop there. But they had an interception uh, where Ingram popped the ball up in the air and Denzel Perriman picked it off down there in the red zone earlier. So they're playing good red zone defense. You mentioned they get their best defensive player back. And, I mean, look, people want to bang on them for uh, who have they beat. I don't know, man. I see teams, you know, Minnesota is a really talented team, and they they lose to the Buffalo Bills. Like, there's something to be said for just taking care of business when you've got teams you should beat, you do it. And you also find ways to win when you're not at your best. They weren't at their best, um, obviously a couple key guys out, but they weren't at their best against Tennessee. Marcus Mariota probably played one of his three or four best games of his entire career, 
and you found a way to win the game. I think that's a sign of a good team, in my opinion. All right, what about Marcus Mariota? Uh, what, now that you've seen him in person, you've prepped for him watching tape, I'm sure, on the plane yeah. to London, what, what's your take on Mariota? Well, I, you know, if he didn't, he didn't put the ball in the air very far down the field. And they had a couple drops in that game that were big. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, he's throwing stop routes over the ball to the tight end, getting the ball to the backs. Deion Lewis made a lot of things happen. There's not much vertical presence to that passing game. Um, so I, you know, look, they, he played really well. They didn't, they scored 19 points. So, um, you know, I, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I don't think, I personally don't think he's ever going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, which means you better be darn good everywhere else if you're going to win really big. And right now they're not quite there. How did, so how do we miss on him? I mean, he was, he was a can't miss pro- prospect. Is it because of how great a guy he is? I mean, so many people are like, well, look, I know he plays in Chip Kelly's system, but he's really much better. He's a much better athlete than you think. He's much better in the pocket than you think. How do we miss on him? Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't have him as, you know, I had Jameis Winston over him, and I, I had a good grade on Marcus Mariota. I don't know that I had an enormous grade on him, uh, but still, I've been a little bit disappointing. I, I think, to me, I, I wish he would embrace more running around. He ran around a little bit more in that game and just do it cautiously, protect yourself, slide, get down, what have you. Uh, but he, he, like a lot of guys who's athletic, just came to the conclusion, like, I am going to win from the pocket. And he's not ready to win from the pocket right now. That's still a ways off. And when he's reluctant to run, you lose that element. And then what are you left with? So uh, to me, I wish he would be a little more open to moving around a little bit more than he is right now. What about Jameis Winston? Uh, they, they get a win. Um, has Jameis Winston regained control of that position in Tampa? Yeah, I mean, I think he's – I wouldn't say it's it's settled, but I think there are some good signs. Even when he's turned the ball over a little bit, he's he's going to play aggressive. He's going to get chunk plays. Um, you see him, you know, reading the whole field, you know, working through progressions. I'm still optimistic that Jameis can be something. Uh, he's, he's, he's not a finished product. He is not there right now. Uh, but to me, when you just compare those two guys from the same draft class, um, I, I still think there's an, a much more upside there with Jameis. Let's let's get to last night. The use of analytics. Um, you, Pat Shermer's like, look, when you're down 14, if you go for two, it increases your percentage of winning by by 50. percent I I do think it takes some of the human element out of it, right? Like he has an immobile quarterback. He also they not great in the red zone. And oh yeah, by the way, uh, if you don't get it going for two, puts a tremendous amount of pressure on you to to get that next two point conversion. If you do get it and you don't come away with the same – like, you score a touchdown, you cut it to seven, you feel a little bit better than you score a touchdown, and you, you you cut it to six, and you go for two, and you miss it. You don't feel as good just kicking off and get ready defensively. There's a little bit of a human element that's missing from from analytics in terms of context. Is, is that a fair take? Yeah, I mean, I, I think emotion, that's the kind of the point of analytics is to take emotion away. Um, but I think there is value in some emotion. Like you just said, it's a little deflating – uh, when you don't finish it off with the, with the extra try, you know. So um, like it, there's people a lot smarter than me that, like you said, they can point to percentages and all that. Um, I, I don't know, Doug. I kind of I kind of say, look, score a touchdown, kick the extra point. I, I, I want to just prolong the game as long as I can, and I know I want to be aggressive. But it's just I don't know. It just doesn't. It's just kind of odd to me. I, I I understand it. I understand the percentages. I understand why you do that. It, to me, I just. I don't know. It's not my. It's not my deal. I, I, it's one of those things. It's like a guy using big words. It's like people who use big words. 
There's a person on TV. I won't. I won't. I won't use his. I won't use his name. Okay. But every third sentence, he uses a word to which I'm like, I don't know what that word means. And it's he talks about sports. And it's like, look, I understand that you're intelligent. I I, I get it. You're brighter than me. Um, but you don't have to. You don't have to use big words all the time. That's what it's like. Look, we're smart. We have an analytics department. I want to show you how smart we are, just for the sake of showing you how smart we are when you don't need to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's an egregious mistake, but this is really kind of a superfluous conversation. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Daniel Jeremiah joining us. That App State education on full, <laughs> on, on, on full, on full display. Uh, all right, all right. The the Raiders, uh, the Raiders fire sale continues, but I actually like this one. I actually yeah. really like. This I did movie. too. T- uh, tell me why. I-, I like it. I just to me, I. I studied, uh, you know, Amari Cooper getting ready for when they played the Chargers, and I did not see the same juice that I saw when he was coming out of Alabama and, and when he was a little bit younger in the league, his first two years. Um, and, and, look, you can look at the numbers over the last two years. He's in, like, the 45 to 50 range amongst receivers in a lot of categories. Um, he has a ton of drops. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I think you just kind of assume that this is the first-round pick, the high first-round pick who had a couple good years. You're going to see that same player reemerge. And I, I don't know that's going to happen, um, you know. But you always there, people are going to be married to their college grades, and they're going to remember what they saw. We've seen it with Sammy Watkins now twice, um, where teams have gone all in on him based off what they were hoping he was going to be and what they, you know, and thought he was coming out. Um, I feel a little bit the same way with this one. I, I don't know, you know, maybe it's just a change of scenery and, and it'll help him. I just don't. I haven't seen the burst. And I don't know that all of a sudden you just get that back, snap your fingers, and, and you see that again. Yeah. And, okay, so now what do you do with Derek Carr? I mean, uh, Carr's got a $25 million cap hit. I just, I, people are like, well, you got to trade Derek Carr. Like, who's going to take on that cap number uh, for the remainder of the season, even if you can get out of it at the end of this season? Yeah. I mean, look, it only, like they say, it only takes one, right? Uh, we just have one, one, uh, one team fall in love with you. And we can point through <laughs> Sam Bradford's career. To say maybe you won't see it coming, maybe I won't see it coming, but there's somebody out there that that's that's willing to do it. Um, so yeah, who knows? It, it definitely is. A, it's a tear down job at this point in time. Uh, now it's up to Oakland to make this all work out. They've got a hit, and I, I was talking to Bucky about it today, and I said if somehow they end up coming out of this thing with with Bosa um, to kind of replace Mac, which will be a lot cheaper version and a really dominant player, and, and they can you know fit, yeah, and and we'll see. Well, who knows what Herbert's going to do. Um, but if they can if they can get the quarterback right, the pass rusher right, then maybe we'll all owe you know John Gruden an apology uh, for what's going on right now. But that's going to be the big challenge for the Raiders: can they get these picks right? Daniel Jeremiah joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What about the Cowboys? They are so needy for a wide receiver that they're willing to go get a guy who seems to have lost some burst and is going to make thirteen million and change next year guaranteed. They probably have to rework that deal and extend him long term. Uh, is he just what the doctor ordered? Does he fix their offensive ineptitude? Well, I do think talent-wise, even with not seeing the same guy as he was early in his career, I still think talent-wise he'll be their most talented wide receiver. Um, so they've they've added somebody that can upgrade what they currently have. Um, you know, now what was the price too steep? I, I tend to think it was, uh, but they've got better, and that's the goal to get better in an NFC East that right now is pretty darn watered down. And there for the taking, maybe they think they can go steal the division. That's the voice of Daniel Jeremiah. He covers the Chargers for their network and, of course, works on the NFL network and has a podcast, Move the Sticks. Bucky is Bucky Brooks, 
who guest hosted for me. You should download that podcast. It's it's outstanding. Let's let's go around the league a little bit here. Um, I I don't think Trubisky has it. They love him in Chicago, but he he can be so inaccurate and everything is pre snap read. Are are you willing to call it, or is there still time to fix that thing? I think there's still time. He hasn't played a ton, you know, so there's still some growth and development. Now, to be honest with you, I had a chance to watch that tape of that game this past weekend, so I can't really comment on that one. But just what I've seen from him this year, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's got a good coordinator there for what his skill set is. I think Nagy's a good fit for him, being able to get him a lot of those quick hitters. And, uh, and hopefully he'll continue to grow and develop and be able to play the position, you know, the way some of the big-time guys do. But he's not, he's not ready to do that at this point in time. Uh, and they're finding a way to score some points and move the football, even though you've got a little bit of limitation there. Are you willing to say that Andrew Luck is fully back? I, I don't know that he's fully back to, you know, throwing the ball with as, as much uh, power as he did before. But I think he's fully back in terms of being able to play winning football and uh, and do everything you need to do to win games. And I think in some ways it might help him a little bit to to kind of pull back a little bit of his confidence. You always want your quarterback to be confident. There's a time you'd be a little bit too confident. He's turned the ball over a lot in his career, forced a lot of throws. And I think maybe in the back of your mind thinking, you know, I don't think I can jam that ball in there. Uh, maybe it's not a bad thing. I mean, I I, I get to watch Philip Rivers every week. And Phillip has a, a good arm. He used to have a great arm. He has a good arm. Uh, but he, he, he's, he's pretty darn smart now. He doesn't put the ball in jeopardy like he did when he was younger. And I think you see a little bit of that same thing with Andrew Luck. Derek Barnett got shoulder surgery today. He's out for the year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Strength of that team is not just Wentz, but it's that defensive line. How much does that hurt the defensive line? Yeah, it's good. I mean, he's a really good player. It, it, they have a lot of depth. They have guys there. Um, I think getting Timmy Jernigan back will help them too. But they, you know, that's that's a tough one just because they're able to roll four ends through, keep all those guys fresh, and uh, and you definitely need that when you get into the postseason, as you saw last year. He scooped up the fumble there to help secure a Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's a big loss. They've got some depth, but uh, they'll feel that one, no doubt. Kansas City continues to just pummel teams now, pummeling them especially at home. Granted, the Bengals not good in in prime time. Um, uh, look, I, I I feel like we've seen this before. I know it's different because of Mahomes' arm talent, but we've seen dominant regular seasons. Is this is this different than years in the past with Kansas City? Well, I mean, gosh, I, you got to have you got to have some firepower to keep up with them, and you better play great red zone defense. Or they'll just run you right out of the gym. I, I, you know, I, who who would you compare this to? Is this offense like if you're going to do a basketball comparison? Is this it feels a little bit like UNLV back in the day. Like you just kind of look up and you're like, "Holy crud! Where, the game's over. Like this thing is over." Um, you've got to find a way to get some stops on them. It's as explosive a group as I've seen. You know what it reminds me of? Honestly, it reminds me of the undefeated year that the Patriots had. Um, okay, that's a good one. Because if you remember their offense, the first half of, their, of the season, their offense was ridiculous. And then slowly but surely, and then, of course, last game of the season, the Giants nearly beat them, and then the Giants did beat them in the Super Bowl, and the Ravens nearly beat them as well. And, and like, look, this is a team I know they lost to the Patriots, and they lost to the Patriots because the Patriots did a good job of keeping Mahomes off the field by running the football, right? And that's, you got to hit them with those body shots, but you got to get first downs as well. You can't have empty possessions. And to me, there's still, Mahomes has played great, take nothing away from him, but there's still those teams 
with a dominant front. And we'll get to see it in, in Mexico City. You know, we'll see with Aaron Donald and company uh, when they get him off the spot, hit him a little bit if if he's going to turn the ball over. Yep. So that's that that's what the Giants team you were just talking about did to Tom Brady. Inside pressure, inside pressure will destroy any offense. So that to me is something to keep an eye on. Are the Saints for real? They're really good. You know, they're still trying to find themselves. I think defensively. But the personnel is good. So, to me, you can look at the results, you can look at the personnel, and to me, I like the, the personnel that they have. And Drew's still playing at a really high level. This will be a heck of a challenge for him this week, though. Uh, Minnesota's playing pretty good defensively. So, we'll know a lot more about both those teams next week. Great stuff, as always. Uh, welcome back to the States. Was it, was it fun? Was the London thing fun, or was it just a long Dude, trip? Uh, it was. I had a great time. It's a beautiful city. I'd never been before. Uh, I went and saw a, uh, a soccer match over there, which was the that was a great experience. I, I never have understood Doug the soccer thing. I've never got why people are so into it. And then when you go over there and see Chelsea and Man United play, and you get it in that atmosphere, I was like, okay, uh, this is the first time I get it. So now, are you going to be waking up and tweeting it like on Sunday mornings, like all these other guys that are into soccer? <laughs> I'm. Uh, You're not going to start might, calling it a pitch. Run... You're going to start calling it a pitch on me, are you? No, I will give you this one quick story, though. One quick story before I leave. I know you got to yeah. run. Um, the headlines, when you get over there, you know, you get ESPN.com. It's, it's UK. It's the UK version. Right. So it's their headlines, not the American headlines. So when the fight with the Lakers happened, right, uh, you know, Rondo, and Chris Paul, uh-huh. that whole thing, the headline on ESPN London was, LeBron James helps break up fight. That was the headline for the entire vet. It was like, <laughs> it was beautiful. They are starstruck, man. Awesome. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, bud. See That's you, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game. Revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.